0: and the oscar goes to glenn close i'm sorry glenn but i can't say this hillbilly elegy was not the comeback you thought it was it just wasn't i'm sorry (sighs) hello and welcome My first name is Thee, and my last name is Oscar, and I'm your personal companion through the 2021 awards show season. That's right. I'm here to guide you through the epic highs of the Academy Awards, the shocking twists at the Screen Actors Guild, and whatever the Golden Globes are. Every few weeks, I'll be uploading new podcasts with information and predictions on the 2021 awards season. I'll be predicting every category from Best Picture to Best Actress to our favorite award, Best Sound Mixing. Hey, it's an art. But first, before you listen, go follow Oscars.2021 on Instagram for interactive polls and updates on when I upload new episodes. Now, let's begin. So today, Tuesday, January 26th, 2021, is a day that will live in cinematic history. Well, well, not really, but it is the day that the Film Independent Spirit Award nominations were announced. Now, if you're sitting there wondering, what are the Film Independent Spirit Awards? You're not alone. I usually don't pay attention to these awards. I'm more of a oscars golden globes sag awards bafta kind of guy sorry film independent spirit awards you're just not my style but this year it's extra important that we pay attention to these smaller awards before the golden globe nominations come out on february 3rd and why is that well this year was one of the most unpredictable seasons for filmmaking ever and why is that well as we all know Cats the movie was released, and it just shocked the filmmaking market. I mean, box offices closed. Movies were not released. Films, major films, were moved to streaming services, all because of Cats the movie. There was also a virus, but we we really think, us analysts, really think that Cats the movie was the main tipping point for the filmmaking industry. It really destroyed Hollywood. Um, yeah, it's pretty unsalvageable. But because of the fact that this has been such a strange film season in Hollywood, it's harder to get a grasp of what movies are going to be ahead when we come to the Oscars and the Golden Globes since the critical circuit hasn't been working at full pace as it usually has in the past. Typically, I can look at box office's gross. I can look at rogerebert.com or the New York Times and see what critics are liking, what's making a lot of money, and from there deduce what will do well and perform well at the Academy Awards and other award shows. But this year, again, because of cats, we don't have that luxury. So we're going to have to look at these smaller award shows, see what's nominated, and then go from there to predict um, what will take home the bigger prizes at the more mainstream award shows. So let's get a little indie, okay? Let's get a little fringe, and let's look at the 2021 Film Independent Spirit Awards. So... To its name, the Film Independent Spirit Awards, mainly from what I am gathering, like to recognize indie films. There's a lot of named awards. For example, the John Cassavetes Award given to the best feature made for under $500,000, right? So the, it's, it's a little more uh, geared towards smaller films and small production companies. But they do have a best Feature category for major films that will likely share the spotlight at the Academy Awards in Golden Globes and such. For some reason, they have it split into two sections best feature and best first feature. Not quite sure what the distinction is, but it's sort of like the Golden Globes uh, best uh, picture drama, best picture comedy musical, which for some reason includes horror films at Get Out. I don't know why that was a comedy or a musical. I mean, I guess. Jordan Peele really let his comedic timing shine through that political commentary, but you know, that's still lost on me. Whatever the rationale for that decision was, the Golden Globes also splits up their best picture uh, awards into two separate categories, and apparently... Well, the Film Independent Spirit Awards, I mean, they're just trendsetters they did at first because they're indie, they're quirky, they're not like most award shows. So, in the best feature, I'm just going to read them all together because I, I can't quite discern the difference. But in the best feature and first feature, the films that we have nominated are First Cow, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Minari, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, Nomad Land, I Carry You With Me, The 40 Year Old Version, miss juneteenth nine days and sound of metal great so those are the that is how many movies there's one two three four five that's five movies. So that's 10 movies nominated. Typically, the Academy Award nominates about nine best pictures. So that's kind of where we're looking at in terms of the scope of films that could get nominated for those big awards. And let's look at which of these movies I think has the longevity to make it to the Golden Globes, to the SAGs, um, and all the way up, obviously, to the coveted statuette of A Strong, Muscular Man. So out of all those 10 movies that I just read, the ones that I think could make it onto the best picture slot are First Cow, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Minari, Nomadland, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, and Sound of Metal. Those are the six movies that I think could make it onto that list. Out of those, I think Minari, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Nomadland, those are the three that are almost certain to be on the Best Picture nominee ticket. But those six that I listed in total, um, I believe all have the potential. And here's why I'll go through them. So the first picture that I'm going to talk about is First Cow. Now, First Cow came out around March 6th, and it was welcomed to pretty good reviews. It was hailed as sort of a new-aged Western, and I think that the Academy Awards and the other award shows are going to favor that type of mold. The Academy Awards and award shows in general have shown a... A favor to western pieces or adaptations of western films. I think because they're reminiscent of old Hollywood, those sort of Clint Eastwood, the good, the bad, the ugly, western type movies. And uh, um, apparently from the reviews, First Cow is a very, very good movie. It's actually airing on Showtime in a few hours, so I might actually check it out when I finish recording this. But it's supposed to be a very good film that, in sort of its Western style, is reminiscent of other films of yesteryear. I'm not sure if the film itself is reminiscent, but I think that there is some um, indication or some yearning for a good Western movie, since so many of the classic films are, you know, good Westerns. I think a movie like First Cow, um, which can receive critical uh, acclaim while also falling in that sort of Long uh, forgotten yet beloved mold could make it to the big award shows, particularly the Academy Awards, which has a history of really liking Western movies. Then we have Ma Rainey's Black Bottom that was released on Netflix. It debuted at number one, I believe, number one or two. I mean, this movie is stacked. It's Viola Davis in another August Wilson adaptation. Viola Davis already did an August Wilson adaptation in Fences and she won an Oscar for it um, opposite Denzel Washington. So she's certainly proven that she can do an August Wilson play on screen. And that's what this is. It also stars the late-grade Chadwick Boseman. And surely because of that cast, when you have Viola Davis doing her, like, you know, how to get away with murder, dramatic crime, and Chadwick Boseman, um, who has since passed, uh, you know, um, and is really well-remembered, in a production that's already well-regarded as one of the greatest theatrical pieces ever written. It's one of the August Wilson titular pieces. That's a real combination for a stellar, stellar film. Now, I've not seen it, and I probably should have seen it by now, so I'll definitely watch it soon. But I have faith that, just like Fences, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which follows almost exactly the same mold, will see similar success, particularly with its lead star, um, Viola Davis, and I think potentially a posthumous Oscar, for Chadwick Boseman. I see that in the future just because I'm, you know, learning from the history, right? If we see Fences does really well at the Oscars, um, and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is uh, essentially a very similar mold by a, the same playwright, the same cast, um, and I'm assuming, I could be very wrong, but I'm assuming similar producers, right? That That is indicative to me that there is potential for this movie to su- succeed in the way that Fences succeeded, which was very successful. The third movie that we have is Minari. Minari is about a Korean-American family that moves to Arkansas to start a farm. I've also not seen this movie. I don't think many people have, but it's gotten very, very highbrow reviews from reputable institutions. I think it's one of the kind of movies that the critics love. It's a critic's darling. I wouldn't call it an Oscar-bait movie because I don't think this is at all an Oscar-bait movie, but it's one of those movies where, you know, there's sort of unanimous critical consent senses that it's a good film. It's certainly a movie that is in contention. It's gotten a lot of hype. And when I say it's gotten a lot of hype, I'm not just referring to like this ambiguous hype. I'm talking about, you know, what I've seen like Golden Derby, Vanity Fair, um, those sort of articles, Hollywood Reporter. I've seen it mentioned many times in contention for the Best Picture nomination. So I definitely think that Minari is one to keep our eyes on. As for Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always, um, I know this movie is very topical. It's supposed to be very heavy, very dour, but also very good with strong acting. Um, the topic matter is serious, uh, I'm aware of. Uh, it's about a pregnant teen, um, and it's supposed to be a very sort of guttural film. And while well, the Academy loves a sad, dour um meditative, intense, ex- cinematic experience. You know, that's sort of a favorite of the Academy Awards. And it's supposed to have really good acting. But yeah, I think this movie could do really well, just because it has that subject matter. It's got that dour, serious tone, and I see it going far. Next, we have Nomadland. Now, this is the one that's getting the most attention in terms of award show reception. It follows a woman, played by Frances McDormand, who, after financial devastation from the Great Recession of 08, is forced to travel like a nomad, a modern nomad, across the American landscape. Um, It sounds uh, very topical. I think many of us can relate to living through an economic disaster. Again, Cats uh, really kind of brought us all down. Uh, You know, it, it really sort of destroyed the economy there for a second. So I think that Nomadland is very indicative of that. So I think that'll do very well. However, I do have a reservation about it. But that I will talk about when we get towards the Best Actress category. Okay, and the last feature that I said I think will do well is The Sound of Metal. This is because I've seen it on those, like, Vanity Fair Gold Derby articles. I see it frequently, and it sounds like the material is very flashy. It sounds very dramatic and, you know, intense, and that's the kind of movie that I have a feeling the auteurs of cinema who've been forced to stay in their homes and not watch and go to those indie film festivals are going to describe as life-affirming or something like that. I can't, Now, I've not seen it, but I, I think it's gonna be one of those-esque movies. So I'm really seeing that at the top of the list too. And again, on those articles that we so frequently look at with The Hollywood Reporter and everything, it's mentioned frequently in terms of movies that are liked by critics and could be nominated. As for the other movies on this list that I didn't mention, I Carry You With Me, The 40-Year-Old Version, Miss Juneteenth, Nine Days. It could happen. I told It could happen. I just haven't seen them around i haven't heard much uh reviews from them from like the youtube reviewers you know beyond the trailer chris stuckman right they haven't really tackled these movies to my knowledge they probably have but i haven't seen them and in general i just haven't heard of them in the context of the awards show season um nine days i think i've actually heard of in retrospect um but not on the same level as like nomadland or anything like that so I, I think that those four movies while the independent spirit awards might think they're on top i mr the oscars am uh am dissuading that i don't think that they're gonna make it to the oscars but who knows i could be wrong i could be wrong there might be a life for them at the SAC awards All right, now we're going to look at Best Director. We have Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman, Eliza Hitman, that's a really good name, for Never Rarely Sometimes Always, Kelly Richard for First Cow, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. So, as many of us know who predict movies... If you ha- if you want a shot at winning Best Picture, you have to get nominated for Best Director. They almost always, 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 always go hand in hand. Very few movies have won without that combination. I believe Driving Miss Daisy was like, you know, one of the last movies to do it. So you can see it doesn't happen frequently. Looking at this list, I see Minari, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, First Cow, and Nomadland, which were all nominated for Best Picture at the Independent Spirit Film Awards, you know. Um, They're also nominated for Best Director, which tells me that out of all those movies I just listed, Minari, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, First Cow, and Nomadland are the top contenders because they were also nominated for Best Director, right? So if you see that, you know, if I say, you know, six of the movies uh, do have contention and then five of those are nominated for Best Director, that sort of narrows it down to the top being the five that simultaneously have the Best Feature and the Best Director nomination. However, the winner, I believe, at the Independent Spirit Awards and as of right now, January 26th, I believe, at the Oscars is going to be Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. Promising Young Woman has gotten a lot of hype, a lot of hype. Um, It was pushed back. you know, it it had, just like a lot of movies, again, because of the Cats movie and the economic devastation that that caused, it's been sort of moved around in the, like, the Hollywood landscape for a while, and so it's gotten similar to Tenet, right, when Tenet was kept being moved around, the anticipation kept growing, and when it did come out, it got really, really good reviews. It was called disturbing but topical. The ending is supposed to be, you know, crazy dramatic. I have not seen it yet because it's $20 on Amazon Prime, so I'm just waiting for that to, to tick down a little bit, but it's supposed to be a really exceptional, headed by obviously Carrie Mulligan who's proven time and time again that she can she can do it when she's on camera right she's a really great actress so I think that movie which is directed by the way I might add kudos to the independent uh, film spirit awards award year I don't know what it's called so many words in that title but um the independent film spirit awards right they nominated four out of the five directors as women now that's great and I think that um, looking at the list, seeing that they also were nominated for Best Picture, that seems to, those seem to be very deserved nominations, um, and I'm really glad that that's happening. Right, that seems like a, a real kind of reset in terms of the nomination fields, and I'm glad that we're seeing that. Um, and I think that because Promise Young Woman, out of all those, all these films, out of all these films, it's gotten the most hype. It's about the most topical matter, as far as I'm concerned. And it's um, also directed by a woman who's doing a first, uh, a first, a film debut, right? That's always very impressive to the Academy Awards as a narrative. I think that combination of thing, um, of of aspect, is going to elevate Emerald Fennel and Promising Young Woman to the top, even despite the fact that she wasn't nominated for Best Picture. I think that that, that narrative of it's you know the first film, it's great, it's disturbing, it has Carrie Mulligan and. It's just an overall success, um, you know, and it's it's directed by a woman who has the appropriate credentials to tell this kind of story. I think that narrative is going to elevate it and allow um, potentially Miss Fennell to become the first woman to win a Best Director award um, in a very, very long time. So now let's move down to the acting awards. I'm just going to go through these quick because I, I don't... It's hard to predict acting right now, we really have to wait for the Golden Globe nominations to fully get a picture on, like, who's up there. But I can, you know, note the people that I think will definitely make it all the way to March at the Academy Awards. So for the best male lead, we have Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Adarsh Gurab for The White Tiger, Rob Morgan for Bull, and Steve Yun from Minari. So here, what I, I think it's kind of clear that Chadwick Boseman will win posthumously, similar to Heath Ledger uh, for, uh, The Dark Knight Rises when he played Joker. I think that there, um, because his death was very sudden and he's a very, very good actor, I think there's a general sympathy, um, and want to recognize Chadwick Boseman, um, for his acting prowess, and I think that he is going to win a posthumous Oscar. That is my current prediction. If not that, I think it could go to any one of these people. Probably not Adarsh Gourav or Rob Morgan, since the White Tiger and Bull uh, are not probably going to be nominated for Best Picture. And since, you know, it's more likely for an actor to win if their movie's nominated for Best Picture, as demonstrated by Glenn Close's loss for The Wife, which was not nominated for Best Picture. Um, Sorry, Glenn. So sorry, Glenn. But yeah, it's kind of important that if you want to win the acting categories, your movie has to be nominated for at least three other awards. And I have not seen The White Tiger or Bull on any list. So it's really between Reza Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, and Steve Yeun, right? For Minari, Sound of Metal, and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. If you want to win the acting award, you got to get that movie up on the best picture slot or no one's going to see it. Sorry, Miss Close. Okay, best female lead. We have Nicole Beharie for Miss Juneteenth. Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Sydney Flanagan for Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, Julia Garner for The Assistant, Frances McDormand for Nomadland, and Carey Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. As far as I'm concerned, it's between three people. Viola Davis, Frances McDormand, and Carey Mulligan. Here is why I don't think it's going to be Frances McDormand, despite everyone thinking it's going to be Frances McDormand. The character, as far as I can see in trailers, is very similar to the one she played and won an Oscar for and three billboards out of Ebbing, Missouri. I'm not saying it's the same character. I'm just saying it's kind of a dour, you know, bummed out character, um, like sort of more of a negative type character. Right, and there's nothing wrong with playing that role it just i don't think that award shows are going to award her twice within the span of five years for similar roles whereas her winning for three billboards out of ebbing missouri seems so deserved because her last oscar was for fargo where she played a comedic relief in what i believe was one of the most deserved oscars of all time so listen Frances mcdormand can get it she's a great actress but i don't think this is her year i think it's viola davis's year Viola Davis has been recognized as one of the greatest modern actresses that is currently alive. She last won for Fences, which, as I mentioned last time, uh, I talked about this movie, is an August Wilson piece. And this is also an August Wilson movie, and I think I see no reason that she shouldn't take it home. Her only competition could be Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Both are very flashy roles. Capital, um, both are very flashy roles, acting with a capital A. I think it's between them, but I think Viola Davis with her, you know, sort of like crazy sad crying i think she's the kind of actress with that you know big dramatic performance that's going to make the voters click her name also i think she's pretty beloved in the industry and she's kind of rare in the sense that she does tv and movie simultaneously um i don't know i I think that she's a generally very well respected actress and i think awarding her an academy award is a general recognition that she she should be she's deserved her place amongst sort of the two-time winners you know the Jessica Langs of the world. How I love Jessica Langs. Okay, now let's look at the supporting categories. For the supporting male, we have Coleman Domingo from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Orion Lee for First Cow, Paul Racy for Sound of Metal, Glenn Turman from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and Benedict Wong for Nine Days. For this category, I'm really torn. I don't think any of these have. A certainty for staying in this category for the Golden Globes or the Oscars. And what I mean by that is, I think very well that when the Golden Globe nominations come out and we get a better idea of the landscape for the award season, Paul Racy, Orion Lee, and Benedict Wong could not be on that list. I think Glenn Turman and Coleman Domingo will stay there because Ma Rainey's Black Bottom seems to be garnering a lot of nominations, so it's likely that they'll be on that list, um, though their vote will probably get split, making neither of them win. But I, I think that the support Supporting Actor Awards, um, I think there's going to be a lot of shuffling within them. Since there are so many movies that came out this year with such little, you know, grandiosity, I think that different movies are going to be nominated at different award shows naturally and that the supporting actors are going to be the ones that see the most shuffle as a result of that. I think we're going to see the same lead actors and actresses. We're always going to see Carrie Mulligan. We're always going to see Chadwick Boseman. We're always going to see Viola Davis. But I think in the supporting area, that could, you know, be shuffled around. We might see an actor from Defy Bloods in there, from The Prom, right, from News of the World, The Father, right? That Those are the kind of categories where if a, a movie starts to get a lot of nominations, in the editing areas or in the sound mixing areas, our favorite award, then the nomination boards might also want to Elevate an actor along with that, and they'll put them in supporting because they don't want to shake up the leading actor uh, category. So, we could very well see like an actor from the Trial of Chicago 7 or One Night in Miami or any of the other movies that are getting some buzz around the best picture nominations. I think we could see those actors from those, um, like Anthony Hopkins, end up in the best supporting actor category. So, as for this category, I don't see anyone here as a mainstay, really. I think glenn Turman might be because he's a well-respected actor in a well-respected movie but otherwise i think it's all gonna shuffle around so i'm not gonna make any bets this early on but after the golden globes you better believe i'll become a betting man i bet my house on a certain actor just kidding i won't do that for best supporting female, we have Alexis Chikazi for Miss Juneteenth, Yuri Han for Minari, Valerie Mahaffey for French Exit, Talia Ryder for Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, and Ya Jung Yoon for Minari. I stand by my statement with the best supporting male actors. I think this is going to get really shaken up. I don't see Valerie Mahaffey as being important in this race because French Exit has been nominated nowhere else as far as I can see. So, you know. I don't see her staying around, you know, it's sort of like that Glenn Close and the wife syndrome. Um, I don't see Alexis uh, Z staying around. I'm, I'm sorry if that's not how you pronounce her name. Uh, correct me on my Instagram if I am going correct. But uh, I think those two movies, Miss Juneteenth and French Exit, aren't getting enough hype, so I don't think that they're going to stick around for the long run in the race. I do think, though, that... Um, Never rarely, sometimes always, and Minari are going to play a big role in the award season. So, Talia Ryder and Yeri Han and Young Yun um, yeah, I think those are those very well may make it to the Golden Globe and Oscar nominations. I think going off conventional wisdom, the vote will be split on Minari, and we might see Talia Ryder get her win potentially. But again, this will probably change when Golden Globe nominations come out. I would like to add, too, that I think there are a lot of movies that are not being incorporated into these awards. I think we're going to see some nominations for uh, The Five Bloods for The Trial of Chicago 7, One in Miami, Mank, I'm surprised I don't see Amanda Seyfried on here in Supporting Actress, News of the World, I'm certain we're going to see people um, from Judas and the Black Messiah, right, all these different movies that are going to get nominated, The Prom, I'm sure we'll see some nominations for The Prom. I think that these movies, um, their actors are going to wind up in the supporting categories, perhaps from Borat's subsequent movie film, right, that, that could happen. So, um don't hold your breath. You know what I'm saying? For these for these supporting actor categories, anything really could happen since there's so many movies that are not on this list for best um, movies at the Film Independent Spirit Awards. Now, there are other nomination categories for the Film Independent Spirit Awards, but I think I'm just going to stick with those main ones that I covered since I think those are the most indicative um, and titular categories that are going to affect the race overall. Um, but again, I'd like to reiterate the 2021 Film Independent Spirit Awards, you know, they can't be trusted. Really? They're indie. You know, they're quirky. They're not like most award shows. And because they're indie and not like most award shows, they're not a really great barometer for the Golden Globes and the Oscars and everything. So on February 3rd, which isn't just about a week when those nominations come out for the, you know, little golden ball, uh, we can get a better idea of who's actually going to be in contention for what and who's going to, you know, come home with those big resume boosters called awards. But these, I think, have been a good indicator. I think what we can take away from this is that Minari... First, cow. My Rainey's Black Bottom, Nomad Land, um, Promised Young Woman, and Sound of Metal. Right, those movies—they're here to stay. They're gonna clog up a lot of the picture editing awards, uh, acting awards. Right, they're gonna be a mainstay in the awards season. But I do think, like I said, there's gonna be extra to Five Bloods, Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, you know, just others like the Prom, uh, the Father. Just other movies are gonna definitely make it into these categories. Um, Mank, for an example. I think we might see Gary Olden get another nomination. I think it might be a little overrated, but that's just my opinion. So I think we're going to see a lot more shakeups in the coming season. So don't take what I said today as, you know, the word of the Lord. I know many of you were, you know, going to. um, But listen, I, even though my name is the Oscars, I am just a gold statuette I can't know anything. I'm mass manufactured for a bunch of rich celebrities to take home and put on their mantles, so I cannot make definitive statements, but these are what I think are implied by the 2021 Film Independent Spirit Award nominations. Well, say that five times fast, 2021, blah, 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 Okay, so that was my debrief on the 2021 Film Independent Spirit Awards. Again, I didn't predict who was gonna win these awards, just what these awards meant for the award season um, in general on a broader spectrum. But I think that once February 3rd comes around and the Golden Globe nominations are released, we'll have a much better idea about which celebrities can take home the little golden statuette that increases their salary by two million dollars a year. Um, Wow, how fun. In the meantime, to all of you out there, stay safe. Follow Oscars 2021 on Instagram for polls and updates on new posts. And as always, happy awards show season.